What's funny is that it's like we should roll up the window so we get better audio. You don't have AC, huh? Yeah, it doesn't work. I, 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 I could. I mean, I should. I should just take it in and get it done, but I don't. Oh, there's some sticking right back there. Okay, now we will go down to 50th. No, you know what? Yeah. You think right turn around? in this light. Okay. So, you want chorizo, huh? I got chorizo. Dude, and okay. There's a side out there. <laughs> BS plumbers. Or not have to go eating on the podcast. No, dude. What can you do, right? If you gotta you, eat. If you eat 20 hours out of the day, then you're gonna be eating while you record your podcast. I mean, what can you do? Take a right. Yeah, I know. But it's it's interesting how um, what is also funny is listening to secular people who do not understand. They don't because they're rich and they're like independent. They don't they don't believe in anything, right? And they don't realize the power and the fervor of religion in general, but especially Christianity, and how it's like, dude, like this is not going away. Like these people are gonna keep thinking these things, and this uh, these ideas will spread, and more people will believe it than less people. And yeah. and they don't they don't comprehend because they don't because they're not religious. They only believe in themselves because they're wealthy, and it, and you can do that in, in our society. But they don't realize it's like, dude, there's just I don't armies think, of people out there, and they're just I don't think to- totally unmoved. I don't think cynics and skeptics are trying to like get religion to go away anymore. Most, most, mostly aren't. In fact, a lot of these people, uh, you know, with, a lot of these people understand Richard Dawkins and the New Atheists are. Well, yeah, Sam Harris. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. They are really mad about it. But it's like they're they're just you know they're in the minority and and they're stupid. It's like what do you, you know what they do? They proselytize. I know. <laughs> wow, it's, it's hysterical. It's so funny because everything that they criticize about religion, they do. Like, like Richard Dawkins wrote a children's book about about atheism, uh-huh. but just to try and like get kids to like to raise them up. And it's funny because like, okay, so you're you're promoting religion. You're pro- promoting an ideology in a way in which people yeah. should live you know, by. And so, here's another thing. Skeptics and things I found out, they hate the word religion. So you got to say worldview or system of system of acting or... There's a really... System of choice making, however you want to call there's it. There's a really smart... And he's, he's a total you know skeptic, cynic, whatever you want to call. He's a really smart professor. He is at... I think he's at um, Columbia University. And he says... His, his, his book basically says that everybody is religious, which I think is true. I think everybody believes in... And we're going to get on that going... We're going to go westbound. So, go left. Take that first right. So, it's really, uh, really funny to listen. Yeah. Or, to listen to these people act like criticize religion while participating in religion. It's very funny to me. Of course, they'd be so offended by that, like you said. They'd be so like, oh, I'm not, well, I'm not religious. Ugh, um, but it's like... It depends on the cynic or skeptic you're dealing with, though. Well, this professor I'm talking about is, like I said, he's a he's a skeptic, and, he's, and he is not religious at all. He doesn't believe in anything, but he's just honest. He's just honest. He's just being... You know, he's self-aware. He's like, everybody is religious. People and he's not trying to proselytize. No, 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 not at all. He's just very, he's very objective about everything, you know. 
Not at all. He's, in fact, he sees va- he's one of these people that sees a lot of value in people being religious. So the it's majority... That's the majority of non-religious people, right? The majority of non-religious people are whatever that... Yes. They, you know, they, Joe Rogan they and Jordan see. Peterson and that guy and take over here. Um, uh, Sam Harris and Richard Dawkins... Um, those guys are the exception. Yeah. Yep. I think Sam Harris died. One of those guys died. No, uh, uh Hitchens died. Christopher Hitchens died. Or Steve, uh, St- well, Stephen Hawking died too, but yeah, Christopher Hitchens died. Okay. Stephen Hawking wasn't a, a new atheist, though, was he? Uh, yeah, I think he was. Now, are we going to be able to hear audio? This radio, this loud. This yeah, loud. yeah, we'll be fine. Um. Yeah. Yeah, the new atheists. They're funny. So, Harris believes. Harris is is highly critical of Islam. He, what's different about him is that he he rates religions, and he believes that Islam is a net negative for society and bad. And but he believes Christianity is good. Like it, it, it Christianity the, found, the principles of Christianity are foundational to having a healthy society. Whereas the he believes that the every time Islam takes over, it's a net negative for the society. Whereas Christianity he believes is, is a positive thing. Because you know it, it helps people. You know it brings about things like abolition and you know, forks in this. Dude, you know what? I threw away the fork. I had a fork in it. Is it poutine? It, it more or less, yeah. It's amazing. It's like it's just like crack. Hey, we're, t- we're I'm going on one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. So I I I thought that was pretty interesting. Hmm. But. Was on uh, Bill Maher talking yeah. about that, and all right, taking a right here. Yeah, and Ben Affleck was on there. Oh yeah, and Ben Affleck had like a meltdown. He's like, but it's but it's funny because Ben Affleck knows how to speak to the people. Mm-hmm. So like people like cheer him on. Yeah, and he's like saying illogical nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where Sam Harris is. You know, no offense, he's not very interesting. He's not good at peaking, speaking to him. Like, you know, oh, he isn't? Uh, I mean, he's fine. It's his job, I guess. I mean, he's a writer and, uh, and uh, you know, so like in a sense he speaks to people, but he's, does, he's not captivating. No. Yeah. He doesn't have the oratory skills of someone like Ben Affleck. I, it is interesting how some of these people are, are just, I mean, they are, you know, they're boring people, but they, they, they become prominent through speaking. But they have good, you know, they have a big brain, and they, they explain things in us, or they, they, you know, they, they make some good points or whatever, but it's just interesting how it's like, this guy's, like, not super good at this. This is not his natural, it's not a natural thing that he's doing. So... I 
dissonance and how to talk with people that you disagree with after they go irrational on you. Yeah. And he used Ben Affleck in that conversation as an example. Yeah. But basically cognitive dissonance is like, you know, you're talking to somebody about repairing the roads, you know, and then they start yelling at you about abortion. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're like, okay. Uh, once that happens, your conversation has transitioned from being a reasonable conversation about fixing issues. Yeah. To that that person has basically gotten irrational at that point. Yeah. And so the tutorial talks about at this point, what you need to do is insert like a self-deprecating joke like mock yourself you know what I mean about something and then he actually used uh man is it John Stewart uh yeah he used several examples probably John Stewart John Stewart's very clever he used several examples I think of John Stewart of how like he's like interviewing with Bill O'Reilly yeah, Bill, John O'Reilly, Bill O'Reilly? It's Bill O'Reilly, yeah. That was definitely John Stewart. And he, like, starts to get... He, you know, Bill O'Reilly starts to go crazy, basically. Right. And so then what John Stewart starts doing is, like, starts making jokes about himself right. and kind of de-escalating the situation so that they can get back onto, like, a more rational playing field. Right. So... But I don't think it actually works. I don't actually think people are rational. Basically, no, people are not rational. And so, I don't actually think you can talk to people. I basically got to the point where, like, I'm going to joke about stuff, and I will tell people my opinions, but I, I, I basically am past the point of trying to convince people, right, that people are going to have to, it's going to have to be social factors, relational factors, environmental factors, just basically a bunch of different type of personal aspects that will help change somebody's mind on an issue. Right. And I, I basically put my hands up in the air and been like, you know what? Because honestly, if I come to myself, I didn't come to believe everything I believe off of rationality. Not at all. You know what I mean? So, no, not at all. And then also, another thing is, you might be totally wrong. That's the other thing I think about all the time. Oh, I good point. I, you're I arguing with something. I might, yeah, I might be completely wrong <laughs> like it, it's there, it, there's more than a 50-50 chance it's more than a 50% chance that you're dead wrong about whatever you're talking about I mean it's just like because we don't we don't know like we don't know what the best direction is for our society we just don't know you know yeah and, it'll, and, you, and it's really hard to figure out until many 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 years later people don't realize it's like with like you know JFK right People don't realize it took people a really long time, a really long. I mean, there are people at the time that liked him and stuff and his ideas, but it took people a really long time to see. Oh, he saw exactly what mess we're in right now, and he was trying to avoid it back then. He was trying to get. He was trying to introduce conscious capitalism, and and he was trying to defund the, the military-industrial uh, complex, and he was trying to just take care of Americans. 
don't see it until it's like 60 years later. You know? Interesting. Yeah. So, him and his brother. So, gotta, gotta take those guys out. Yeah. <laughs> Can't have that. You really do, man. <laughs> Dean. Danger zone. <laughs> There's a lot of nervous people, man, when those guys are in charge. Big time. They were they were wild too. They were some wild boys. Yeah. No, well that that always hurts your reputable how reputable you are. Yeah, for sure. Personal you know, yeah, morality things, you know. Yeah. But here's the other thing. They existed in a world in which the press not divulge that kind of information. Yeah. So, uh, probably for, you know, a solid 200 years of our nation, maybe the press didn't even know that presidents were uh, Flanders. Yeah, Flanders. And then they knew, but they wouldn't say anything. Yeah. And so, I mean, in his case, obviously they knew and they didn't say anything. Yeah. But I'd be willing to bet a lot of those... Well, it's like, you know, Ben Franklin, like, nobody wants to think about Ben Franklin as being a wild boy. And, <laughs> well, and, and he's a total madman. Well, what he was is he's a frat bro. Like, if you look at him, you're like, okay, yeah, baldness, you know, you, he looks like an ugly guy or whatever. But really, essentially what he was, was like your typical dad bod. Essentially what he was. Frat bro. One of the boys. <laughs> one of the boys. <laughs> it, but it would, be, it would be legitimately hard on a more... From, like, a public perception, it would be hard to make a movie about... Like, it's easy to make write a book and make a movie about John Adams. Because he was so fervently convicted. Like, the guy was... The, the guy was so principled, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's easy to write a book about Ike. Because Eisenhower was just... Just, you no, know, full on... And it's easy to make a movie, but it's hard to make a movie... Well, because... No, your movies are better if you have a conflicted... Yes, but it's hard... But it's also tough because people have a certain image of these people because they're such a hero, you know? Oh, yeah. It's, it wouldn't be a box office success if you did a true story on Ben Franklin. Because no. people don't want to think of him that way. No, they don't want to think of him as, like, going to France and partying. Yeah. Being yeah. kick stands. Yeah. Yeah. No Beer one. pong. Yeah. But he's just one of the boys... <laughs> and so, you know, and, and, and it's like, or General Patton. Well, of course, they did make a movie about Patton. But and it was, it was decently, it was decently realistic. It was decently realistic, you know, because they had uh, George C. Scott, George C. Scott. crushing, absolutely crushing. Have you seen, uh, have you seen um, Hustler? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So George, and I think he's in with Paul Newman. Yeah, I think he's in On the Waterfront with Marlon Brando. Hey, am I supposed to get off here? No, I'm sorry. This is a road... This is a road so it's road so. Okay. This is a real deal road so. Yeah, this is a real deal road so. So we're going to... The entire zone takes place on the road. Yes. We are doing a road so. So, yeah. George C. Scott, he's good. I mean, he's... He's kind of like... I would put him in that category like with Randy Quaid where he's... I mean, in an era in which, like, all the people were good-looking. Yeah. And he wasn't, you know, the best-looking guy. But maybe he was good-looking for the era, I guess. I mean, he must have been. I don't know. There's some pretty handsome people. I mean, you know, I will say this. that Certain actors, like uh, Cary Grant or uh, Jimmy Stewart... Not that they're not ugly. They're definitely... If they walked into any room, you'd be, they're very striking people. But one thing that they have that people say is very important for film is they have big heads. 
and these big, huge heads. Yeah. And I guess that's a thing. That's like a good. Not, not obviously not every actor has a big head. Well, this is the but, reason why you'll notice that also, like especially James Stewart was skinny. Your the camera shrinks your head and adds ten pounds to your frame. Oh, really? Yeah. Or twenty pounds to your frame. So if you think about it, like if you were to act, you would be cast in all these chubby guy roles. Yeah, I'd be a thick boy. Not thick. You'd be chubby. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, um, is that is this that? why you see when you see a picture of Jonah Hill, he's skinny, but when you see him in movies, he's more of a obese. Yes. Exactly. Well, and also, that is true, but also, one thing that happens to actors uh, that get their... So there's there's fat guy humor and fat girl humor, right? Right. They're like these, there's a bunch of actresses. Um, uh, McCarthy. What's her name? Wilson McCarthy. Wilson McCarthy. Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson. Yeah. That's their thing that they do. Uh, Amy Schumer. They act in movies as like a fat girl. Yeah. Right, and there's all there's a whole trope of jokes that go along with them. Yeah, and they're mostly very lewd, whatever. Yeah. Then you've got the fat guy, right? Well, so Jonah Hill, Anthony Anderson. Um, can you think of some more that do it? That part, that play the fat, that, uh, like a the fat, fat guy, guy. like 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 uh, what's his name? He, he killed himself. Uh, oh, oh yeah, Chris Farley would be one of the originals. No, uh, well, yeah, Jackie Gleason too, I guess, would be an original fat guy. Yeah, Jackie uh, Gleason. But, um, and, and Ned Beatty. Yeah, so. Um, but, uh, no, I'm talking about, no, is it Ned The guy, you know, the fat guy from uh, Deliverance. He's always fat. I think that's Ned Beatty. Um, uh, but the other, why am I, I'm, you know, the guy who plays, he died of a drug overdose, not Chris Farley. Uh, he's in, um... Philip Seymour Hoffman? Yes. Yeah, he did it. He did it, too. Also, another thing about Philip Seymour Hoffman is, if you look at him in his 80s and 90s roles, he's young, young. He was handsome. Yep, he was. He was a really good-looking guy. Yeah, he was. And he was kind of the... A, he wasn't a brat packer, but he was like a fringe, you know, pretty boy with those guys. And he acts in Scent of a Woman in that role. Yep. Is kind of one of the boys, you know, one of these guys going to be like a frat boy guy. But then it fits that he put on the weight and then he played that role. Yeah, in movies. So, yeah. What happens with those guys when they're, you know... Ethan Suppley's another one. Oh, uh, Thompson. Thompson. Uh, Keenan, Keenan Thompson? Is that his name from yeah, SNL? SNL, yeah, Keenan yeah. Keenan Thompson, okay. So, and Suppley, yeah, 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 exactly. Well, some of those guys, in the case of Anthony Anderson and Jonah Hill, is they're like, well, I don't want to be a character actor. Right. I want to be a producer. Yeah. I want to be a director. I want to be a writer. I want to be a, an A-lister. Yeah. I want to be starring in the movie. I want the movie to be about me. I want the TV show to be about me. Yeah. I, I want to be a player. Yeah. In Hollywood. Have you watched Player with Tim Robbins? No, I haven't. It's great. I love that term. It's like a Hollywood term. He's a player. Player. But what it, what it means is like you're the guy pulling the strings in Hollywood. You know, the directing, the producing casting, all that other stuff. Anyways, I, I, was, I had this friend I worked with it, uh, in Detroit, and he 
called everybody player, like ready to go player. And then he was like, and then he has a son, and he's like, I gotta go pick up little player. <laughs> he called the son little player. <laughs> Just hysterical. That is good. So, anyways. Those guys, the guys that want to get out of that role, what they do is they get handsome. Right? Yeah. So Jonah Hill, I think he actually is way thinner than he was in Anthony Anderson. Well, Anthony Anderson, he is diagnosed with diabetes. Oh, really? Yeah. And so he, if you look at him, you know, he, he's like a health nut now. Oh, really? Yeah. And that's kind of like part of the show, Blackish, is that... You know, he's this guy raising the hood, and he, you know, doesn't eat like the way he was raised anymore. The way he eats now is like all, you know, California. Yeah. So are they in California in that show? I think they're in like LA or San Francisco or something. He works for an advertising firm. You know, people give California a lot of heat. They they throw a lot of shade at California, especially now. I have never. I never thought I'd see the day where people were like going to be really, like, really hostile towards California. But I will say this, okay? We're taking it right here, right? Uh, everybody in America could take could learn a thing or two about Californians in that you go there, man, and people are in shape. Yeah, it's, it's like East Grand Rapids. Uh, East, you go to East Grand Rapids. The, the sidewalks are packed jogging and, and, oh, and walking. Oh, man. It's just, and everybody's in great shape. It's yeah. really, it's really impressive. No, yeah, it's um, that active lifestyle. You, you yeah. really want that in you the society. Do. Yeah. And, and in California, it's just a, it's embedded in the culture. It's like, this is, this is what we do. We want to look good. And I get, you know, vanity can be bad, but I actually think that, well, there's three things that help people get in shape or stay in shape. Okay. There's uh, health reasons, and there's there's like uh, social pressures, and then there's just full on unabashed vanity. Well, no, maybe, I mean, maybe in, my, is... in my case, I want like I haven't ever you know did the whole like I'm gonna get I'm gonna get sexy thing, right? Like I haven't like. Yeah, gotten some pectorals and some big arms, you know. Yeah, and I've never done that, but which is the vanity side. But I have always wanted to stay active, you know, right. play sports. Well, that was the third. Fit. That was the third. I thing. think. Yeah, fitness that, is important. Th- that's that. No, that was the third thing I was going to say. I and my my brain just it. so there's three things that make people want to be in shape or get people in shape. There's uh, health reasons. Competition and and vanity, yep. but of the three, the the major factor, especially if you're out of shape and you want to get in shape, the most motivating thing will be vanity. And so, and I and I know that sounds terrible. Nobody wants to think of themselves as vain, or nobody wants to be vain. But honestly, people should use that. They should be like, I wanna I wanna show up at the beach this summer, and I wanna take my shirt off, and I want people to be impressed. <laughs> I want. I want people to be like, wow, you've lost weight. I want those things. I care about it. That like people, you have to if you're if you're out there and you're trying to lose weight and stuff, you 
honestly, like you can be a health nut and you can try and be that way, but honestly, it just it doesn't work like just full on vanity works. Full embracing vanity is what will get you in shape, or it's what will get you that your six pack that you've always wanted. I've or heard that your that ideal chest muscles or whatever it is, it's vanity. I've heard that's a bad long term motivator. I've heard like I don't think so. I think it's actually the, I think it is the most fervent long term motivator of all. I think. Well, I, I think the best, I think, you know, I think what it should be, I think that the best uh, motivation um, is, you know, wanting to be healthy and fit. And well, active. that's the ideal motivation. It's not the best motivation. So ideally, we it would, is the best. I, maybe just, we would all want to be super healthy and eat the right things, but we're just not going to. Just, you're not. But I'm telling you this, you show up to a gym, you start working out, okay? And you start to realize what, what, uh, what uh, a royale with cheese, like how it makes you feel. You start to, you, and, and then you like you stop. You just naturally curb what you eat. You oh, just naturally oh, definitely. Go you just start broccoli, and you and start making black meats. bean burgers. Now I don't think that's super healthy. Probably good. But... I think that's probably good enough on this episode. What do you think? I yeah. mean, that's our road sode right there. That's a road sode. Okay, talk to you later. See you. Goodbye. Okay, thanks. Bye.